0: Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family, planting churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America, and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Today, we're talking with Jackie Taylor and Pam Wolf about how men and women who are church planting couples support one another through one of the most exciting and challenging periods of their lives. Pam, Jackie, you got to know how excited I am to have this conversation because, as a pastor, I'm constantly wrestling with you know the the tension between you know this idea of making sure that every covenant member you know at our church we talk about you know a call to membership is a call to discipleship, and when we think about this idea of unleashing every covenant member, you know for most churches a large percentage of that are women you know but one of the things that was real convicting for me was the fact that if a man came to me and says i feel called to ministry that i have a plan or a pathway i have a certain thing i just know exactly but if a woman came to me with that same says i have i feel called to ministry i'm like okay what what am i supposed to do what am I when it comes to that as a whole you know we're going to talk about just kind of even that as a planning wife and couple and you know and that but when it comes to that as just women in the church how do you guys wrestle through that how have you navigated that over the years
1: well i i used to try to put myself into a box <clears throat> and that was something that my husband encouraged me not to do you know jt he told me one day as I sat in his office, so upset because I felt that same tension. There's just nothing for me to do. If I try to do this and someone says that's out of line or this is out of line, but I have this strong call, this passion that I know God has placed in my heart, what do I do with it? And he looked me dead in my eyes and he was like, "Baby, you may or may not like this answer, but you need to stop trying to stuff yourself inside of this predetermined man-made box. Yeah. You need to ask the Lord, what is it that you have for me to do? And then trust him to create pathways and to open doors for you to do that. And honestly, that was the most freeing thing that I've ever, ever done. And God has really been faithful to do it, you know, as a wife and as a mom, seasons in life are different. So when the kids were smaller, it looked different, a little different than it does now as they're getting older. But I just really had to surrender to myself to say, you know what, Lord, whether it's from a platform or whether it's in the line at the grocery store or whether it's in the front office with when we're registering kids for school, I want to be in a position to say what you have me to say, when you have me to say it, to who you have me to say it. Yeah. And I think for me, that laying down of my uh, preconceived notions of what ministry for me and what this call for me would be like, and really just surrendering to God anytime, anywhere, really changed the game.
0: Yeah. The whole posture of church planning is about surrendering to God. Pam, you planted three churches. You know in each one i mean do you go through a different identity crisis in every time that you plan a different church how do you not absolutely. fall into that that trap of okay i need to be a certain type of way you know uh, this first lady this or that with all the different preconceptions but how do you how did you how did you wrestle through you know in that
2: absolutely um when we planted our first church i think i said you know i'm all in our kids are in you know we're pushing the stroller through the neighborhoods we're knocking on doors um, and at a point I just, I was like, who am I? What what am I doing? Who am I? Where am I going? And um, God just used some women to speak into my life at the time that um, be who God's created you to be, be who God's wired you to be, right? You know, right now you've got a six month old and a two year old, two and a half year old. You're wired for their care at this moment right now. Um, so I like what Jackie said, even just um, being, allowing God to put those times and places of where we need to be and who we need to be, um, allow him to guide and direct those um, and trust, just trust that. So
0: you was wrestling with that in your first church plan. So in the second Absolutely. church plan, you had it all figured out? You was ready to kind of just, <laughs> move on and now church. teach a class or course? <laughs>
2: Uh, second church plant, God moved us um, pretty far away, and uh, we um, planted in in a very rural area. So very different from, we were, um, not city, but Denton was, you know. I was uh, wondering
0: kind of, if you was calling Denton rural. Yeah, was no, not like, Denton. Okay, not okay Denton, good. I was just like, not
2: rural, no. Okay. That was our first church plant. So that was you know, like suburb uh, a little bit and um, college uh, students. So then we went rural. We went South Georgia and um, God moved us and again just went through um, a really sweet time with um, some people really around us that loved us and cared for us. But then also just a little bit of a lonely time of who who do I relate to? Who can I confide in? Who can Who is my friend and um kind of where where is that where am i in that
0: yeah so you went from suburban kind of denton yeah rural south rural. georgia to the city to the middle of the city <laughs> of the city. in midtown
2: yeah
0: what was the third plant like
2: so man god really um spoke to me like the, the first week we're there and uh our neighbor across the street Um, we started walking together. Um, She's not a believer. And as you, uh, you know, women, we love to talk and we're talking and we're walking every single day after we drop the kids off at school, we're walking. And I realized then that um, one of my best friends was not even a believer. And I hadn't really realized that God could allow that to happen. Um, And then another friend, um, on, that we met through sports and our kids being in sports, um, not a believer, um, became one of my closest friends here, talked about a lot of details. We, we talked about spiritual things. We talked mm. about God. We talked about family. We talked about our kids. So God really re- uh, opened that up. Um, we, our neighborhood had uh, a big, huge Halloween party. They hired police officers to block off the streets and have, our kids had never ever been to a Halloween party like this, like full on everybody's decorating their houses, everything. We were like, all right, we're all in. We're hippies. We're mm-hmm. gonna be hippies. Yeah. <laughs> we we went and got, you know, like the <clears throat> the long the long extensions and the the jackets and and just um Do you have
0: pictures. I just need to have ever, yeah, some pictures. We got pictures, yeah. Yeah give me some
2: pictures. Seth was you know. Spider-Man though. We did let him kinda go outside yeah. the box but yeah just really being um, who God um, created us to be again moving Um, merging a little bit but we loved it like we sat on that porch and we went we love this we love these sidewalks we love these people that are all so different but yet come together in community in this neighborhood yeah
0: well that's interesting because uh, let me just confess my ignorance jackie already knows but a lot of times i'm wrestling with what how do we refer to is it the planning spouse? Is it the planning wife? Is it the planning couple? You know, we really trying to figure out like, how do we affirm dignity? And I've also had problems with some church planning organizations who, who focuses in on saying, you know, you gotta have a healthy wife in order to have a healthy church. And it's sort of like, sometimes I feel the tension and the weight on the, the wife, you know, to say, well, I don't wanna stand in the way of God, you know, and if this is gonna be healthy, then I got to get my act together. And then that creates kind of a performance. And, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you wrestle with that tension? I mean, first of all, I mean, and this is to either one of you, like, how do you, you know, wrestle with that tension? How do you decide, like, is it planning couple? Is it planning wife? I mean, how do you want to be referred to in this church planning world?
1: By my name? By
0: your name. Church Jackie.
1: I mean, you know, I think that we we make it a little bit more complicated than really what it has to be. Mm -hmm. If you're referring to something that has to do with the couple, then it's fine to say church planning couple. Just like if I was talking about... Pam and Tim, I would say, oh, the wolves. It's okay. Like, I think the misconception is that we, as the wives, are a little bit more fragile than what we actually are. Like, it's it's okay, but there does come a point in time when not to acknowledge the spouse then becomes um, you really begin to disregard her, and so I really think it's. Context What are you talking about? What are you addressing? Because there are some things that just involve our husbands that are just for the planters, and that's fine. But then there are times when you need to address the planting couple, you know. And it's okay to say the planter's the planter spouse. I am my husband's spouse. But before I was any of that, I was Jackie. Yeah, and that's good. you know, I think I, addressing a wife by her name, a, something as small as that can help her to see, I, I see you, and I see you outside of just being your husband's wife.
0: With both of you working with so many different planning spouses <laughs> um, and seeing the polarity of differences, you know, um, all the way from you have one, you know, spouse that is saying, you know, I'm like the worship leader. My husband, like, this is me and my husband's thing. All the way to the other end is like, that's his thing, you know, and everything in between. Two things, like how do you one, Allow that person to find their identity, you know, who that God has made them to be. And then the second thing is, how do they not feel shame about their decision? Because we kind of lift up this perfect model of a person is what they're supposed to be. So how do you wrestle through those tensions?
2: We, um, I love having a conversation with a, with a planner wife. Yeah. I love sitting down and um, encouraging them. Um, finding out where they are at that moment. And um, man, God just, and encouraging them to be who God's wired them to be. Um, Allowing um, your husband to be who God's wired them to be. It's not our job to tell you where you need to be. Um, And allowing our kids to be who God Mm -hmm. wants them to be. Um, So I really encourage them, man, we get in the scripture. We look at God's word. um, We put on the armor of God um, every day. I mean, without that, without being prepared for, I'm I'm like, you are, there are going to be things you're going to face, but you've got to be prepared. And you can't be prepared without being in the word of God.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Jackie, kind of, we talked about, it was freeing for you, for Jay to be like, yeah. You know, thank you know, but there's so many people who don't. They yeah. and then they get into this performance trap, you know, where you know, I have to lead children while my mm-hmm. husband's preaching. I have to lead worship. Mm-hmm. I have to, you know, when they feel like this is not what God has necessarily called me to be. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference between supporting yeah. y- you know, the mission and, you know, and kind of performing and kind of operating outside mm-hmm. of your call?
1: Well, I think a lot of that has to do with a misunderstanding of identity, right? Because when you're supporting, you know, it really, to me, really has a lot to do with, okay, we're getting this up and going. And so because we're getting this up and going, we're kind of back to back on this mission and whatever needs to be done, I'll do it. Whether that means I need to go to church early and sweep the floors, I need to pitch hit in children's ministry, or I am the children's ministry. I mean, in our early days, I was the praise and worship team, me, you know? And then I would stop, and I would get off the stage and go teach the kids, four of which were mine, and they were only like 12. So, Mm -hmm. but that was never meant to be the way the church was run, you know? Mm -hmm. Neither one of those things were my primary passion. I was doing what needed to be done. And a lot of times, as as the wives to these planners, we, do, we find ourselves in that position, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think open and honest and consistent communication between the husband and wife. Mm-hmm. Like, babe, okay, I'm, I'm in here, I'm willing to do this for this amount of time, but can we come back, circle back, and talk in three months or talk mm-hmm. in six months and see, has God sent people that are called to this area? Um, what are you feeling? You know, mm-hmm. that's super, super important. And I think that's a lot of times one of the missing factors how You're not you, having uh, that conversation. But how do
0: you get rid of the shame of having to have those type of open and honest conversation? Because obviously if you're having yeah. open and honest dialogue and you know being, you know, a part of planning churches before that everybody else is flaking on, on
2: mm-hmm. the church.
0: Everyone else is coming to your husband and saying, I can't volunteer anymore, yeah. I can't do this anymore. And then, and so how do you not bear the weight of that burden, you know, especially in, in those times where you don't want to be that, but you also feel this tug that I'm burnt out, Yeah, I'm frustrated, like, how do you wrestle with that tension and how do you help, you know, overcome that? Yeah. You know, is, yeah, I would love to hear. That. a
1: lot of that sensitivity rests on your husband. Yeah. Ironically enough, even though we're talking about we're, because, you know, you're following not only your husband, who's the leader of your home, but you're following the pastor, who's the leader of the ministry. Yeah. And so there is a portion of that that rests on his, his sensitivity to the Lord's leading. Um, both of you as a volunteer in the church and as, and as his wife. Um, and, you know, there's something that you taught me and JT a long time ago. Some things sometimes are just not going to happen at church. Mm-hmm. If it means the health of my home or the health of my marriage, we just might not have children's ministry until somebody who's called to do it comes to do it. There are worse things in this in our mind and how we set church up. We, you know, it's impossible for children to sit with their parents in church. No, it's not. Yeah. It's impossible to only have music that comes because the congregation is singing. No, it's not. It's what we prefer, but it's not impossible. And I think as the leaders of their home and the leaders of the churches, the husbands have to take it upon themselves to really look and say, you know what? My wife, maybe I don't know exactly what's going on, but she's not, I know something is going on. And to be sensitive enough not to, as I've heard it referred to by other pastors, not make the church their mistress and be able to say, okay, if this can't happen at church, it just can't happen. And we there's not really a one size fits all answer for not wearing the shame. You have to pray and ask the Lord to release you from that. It took me years to get to the place that I'm like, all right, I just am not doing it.
0: It, what's interesting, I love what you're saying, and it's something that I even try to champion is one, that I'd rather have no experience than a bad experience. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is something that as planners, we just need to understand. Like, it's better to have no experience than a bad experience. And the second one is that it's really important for us to recognize sometimes good is good enough. You know, because we yeah, want to do everything great. Right. But like, But sometimes good is good enough. You know, let me let me kind of pivot a little bit because a lot of times, you know, as planning spouses and planning wives, you are always focused in and finding your identity connected to your husband's identity or connected to your husband's calling. What about those that are struggling with a call that is something totally different? Like my own personal call. So how do you guys wrestle through your own call in light of the call that your husband has?
2: Think as you're journeying you know um jackie referred to this earlier of just um as you're journeying through life and you're seeing you know yeah i'm pretty passionate about photography you know I like to take pictures of my kids and sports and so i realized you know that the middle school had a photography club after mm-hmm. school and so i started volunteering there and realized that um after you know a few years that it it was a passion it was a lot of fun it was Enjoyable watching these kids learn and do this. So I think as we um, as we take time to just listen to God, like be obedient, be be a vo- volunteer at your kid's school, um, be involved, talk to the the principals, talk to the um, the staff, bring them some snacks, mm-hmm. um, some things like that. But you're gonna figure out where that is. It might be the you know the mom of the soccer team. It might be the um, booster club president you know it might be um, you know leading the debate you yeah. know being the mom that organizes the lunches for the debate but then in the midst of that you're building relationships and you're finding areas that you're like yeah this this is my call right now Yeah, that's good. and it might change
0: no that's yeah. good Jackie I know like for you it's just like building like a completely different ministry and a ministry platform, I know that is something that you had a, you've had, you always had a passion for and it kind of goes back to what you said earlier about, you know, let God mm-hmm. form. Once he started forming this burden and this passion, it was to some degree kind of not in opposition to what your husband's called, but it wasn't necessarily this complimentary mm-hmm. to it. How, how did you wrestle through that? Mm-hmm.
1: It was quite the wrestle. Um, It took a long time to be able to just say, all right, Lord. And really, I laid it down in a way that I hadn't before. And I said, God, if this is you, then I need you to open up these doors with sponsorships, with locations, with people, you know, because I I believe that God works in order. So I'm like, if this is really what the Lord is telling me to do, it's not going to be a hot pile of mess when it's said and done. And the lord opened those doors and i prayed a very specific prayer i said god i don't need this to be an area of contention in my home i need you to go before me kind of like queen esther did with the king i need you to go before me and i need you to touch jay's heart and i need you to let him know that this is you yeah. and that's exactly what the lord did and when i did my first conference he was the biggest supporter the biggest champion mm-hmm. Um, and it's been that way. It's been that way ever since. But I had to allow even those things, like Pam was mentioning, recognizing God doesn't waste anything. So the 13 years that I was home with my kids, God wasn't wasting things. The teams that I volunteered for, God wasn't wasting those things. It was building and still building things inside of me that I didn't recognize were going to be necessary for this pull and passion that I always knew that I had. But at that time, quite frankly, I wasn't even ready for it. Yeah. So,
0: so just... As a pastor, I need you guys to minister to me in 20 seconds or less. Minister, minister to me about how to help minister to the women or to pass, you know, to the planning couples that I, you know, that I operate with. Like, what is the one nugget? Make sure you do this. You know, there's a lot of things I can't do, but make sure you do this. What, what is that?
2: Um, Teach those men how to just love their wives. Yeah. Exactly the way they are. Love them. Um, love them when, um, there's no money, love them when there's, um, the car is broken, love them when the pews are full, um, just love them. That's good. Thank you.
1: Um, I would say, and this is something that you do a great job of, you have a sense when husbands are battling, you have a sense when they may need some help in that area. One of the most important things that you can do is call those wives, up to something significant and allow their husbands to see them accomplish that task. Sometimes throughout the years of marriage, raising children, having babies, um, you can kind of get a distorted view of your spouse. You fell in love with them for one reason, but then you kind of forget that they have that skill set. And being able to call a woman to something significant and have her do it, um, I think a lot of times is what that husband needs to see, like, oh. And he wears it as a badge of honor, quite honestly, like my wife did that. But sometimes they need to be reminded that she can do it.
0: That's awesome. Thank you. I am significantly smarter because of this conversation. (laughs) I appreciate you guys. No problem.